Good morning. I'm so excited for this morning. Welcome to Moms for Mental Health. Today we have Vanessa Azelis. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Awesome. Um, Vanessa is an accidental expert on chronic illness who speaks life into real raw life. In her own words, she is alive because of faith and neuroplasticity. Whether you're living with disease or disconnect or know someone who is, you will be blessed by Vanessa's grounded and authentic hope in Christ alone. She can be found as the Grateful V on social media. And I came across her a couple of years ago, I feel like. Um, and it just, Everything that you've shared has blessed my soul so much as someone that has navigated life with chronic disease for my entire adult life and most of my childhood as well. So um, thank you for being here, and I'm excited to hear you share about your journey. Thank you so much for having me. I I feel the same about you, just following in your journey. I can't can't believe how similar parts of it were. Um, so that's why I find strength in other people as we share our journeys on here because I feel like it gives us that uh, feeling that belonging and that strength to keep going Um, so my journey started almost 12 years ago um, when I was you know at the height of my everything career life everything was going exactly as I had hoped um, you know, had my dream job, was just getting engaged. Uh, at the time, I was um, were in law enforcement, so working as like an air marshal. So I would marshal people back, um, I guess, criminals back to their country of nationality. Uh, and on one occasion, I ended up uh, contracting a deadly parasite. I didn't, re- didn't know I had it. But since then, uh, in 2009, I started to develop weird symptoms that no one could explain. Um, long story short, I don't want, like need to go into the details, but it took them nine months just to figure out what it was. Um, and my world just started to crumble at that point. So, I mean, I was on this like high, high of life, basically had everything that I wanted or that I thought I wanted, everything that I relied on or everything that was me was external to me. Everything that made me happy um, was external to me. My job gave me my identity. My parents provided safety. Um, my boyfriend, who's my husband now, he, he, he made me feel beautiful because I didn't feel it. Um, I relied on friends for confidence. I relied on all these other people to create this person that I thought I was. And um, when I got sick, everything was just stripped away. So my parents couldn't save me. They didn't know what was wrong with me. I could no longer uh, work. So I lost my identity as this strong officer. So that was gone. Um, I was lucky that my, you know, my boyfriend at the time did stay with me and we did get engaged, but it was that sense of failure Like, you know, he married this strong, independent woman, and now I was none of those. So all of these disappeared, and I felt like I was stripped to the bareness of who I was, and I did not like who it was. And um, I didn't love myself. I didn't love my body. I I was left alone with myself and my thoughts, and um, all I kept saying was, this is bad luck. 
this idea that I have the worst luck in the world, that I have lottery odds when it comes to getting illnesses. And over the, the decade, I started like, it was almost became a badge of honor. I kept collecting illnesses. So, I mean, I think I've been, I've been diagnosed. I don't, I haven't even counted, but there's over 50 things that I was officially diagnosed with. And the list goes from like dysautonomia, POTS, um, chronic migraines, vestibular issues. I was um, diagnosed with Meniere's disease, um, uh, like just all a, a million different things, IBS, like um, IBD, asthma, uh, bron bronchial uh, pneumonia every year, like just the list goes on and um, I, there's so many things on there and it just became my identity. So now I no longer have this identity of, you know, a strong, healthy, vibrant officer, you know, happy, go lucky person. I was just these things. Like I was that sick girl. And I just kept saying, I'm like, this is bad luck. I have the worst luck in the world. I didn't believe really in faith or anything like that. At that point, I was baptized. I was, you know, born Christian. I'm Greek Orthodox. I was baptized. We went to church on like Easter and Christmas. Um, but that's it. I never, I didn't own a Bible. I had never opened a Bible. Um, I had no faith. And the only time I really turned to God was to blame him for all that, all of this. And when I started to think about it and I'm saying like, what did I ever do to deserve all this bad luck? Like, what did I ever do? And the way I saw God was I, I was convinced that I was being punished. I was convinced that he was an angry God and he was angry at me for something I had done. I started racking my brain. So going like, well, could it have been this? Could it have been that? Like, you know, what did I do? And I, really saw this God as unapproachable, vengeful, angry, something to be feared. And so I never turned to him. Um, I never invited him in. I never acknowledged him for any of the good in my life. And um, it wasn't until, so during my journey, I did, I was lucky enough to have two beautiful kids. Um, the pregnancies were just beyond hard. I had a near-death experience, which I got, you know, really close uh, to not waking up. And I did wake up. And I remember when they revived me in the hospital saying, why? Like, why? Why? I don't want to be here. Right? Like, bring me back. I, I don't want to be here. And it was a lot of anger, a lot of emotions. And although I had these beautiful kids, I couldn't enjoy them. I was too sick, too. I couldn't care for them. So I had to move in my, with my parents multiple times, I don't know, five, six times we moved in. And about three years ago was, um, I started to, you know, I was very desperate. I started to look into shamanic healing, Reiki. Um, I went to all in new age. I went to every homeopath, naturopath, osteopath, like any path I was there. I went there, any vitamin I tried, any cleanse I tried, I spent like thousands and thousands of dollars and I was always looking for someone to heal me so healing to me meant someone was going to fix me because there was something terribly wrong and I no one had control over it so I put that that job and that expectation on everyone around me and um and they failed me time and time again I 
saw this doctor and maybe they'd give me a glimmer of hope and then it would just be another medication with another symptom and then back down again. Um, and it got to the point where um, three years ago, I was so, so sick that I couldn't even stand. I couldn't walk. I was bed bound. I was in the hospital for a month and a half. No one knew what I had. Um, and it And it was just like, I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but it's just this dread, just constant dread waking up with this feeling, this heaviness and this darkness. And I had given up at that point. Um, I was done when my parents kept praying for me. And I was like, well, that's useless. Like, what's the point? He didn't save me. He's, he's not here. Wouldn't he have saved me already? It's been almost 10 years, right? So there was a lot of anger and um, when I was finally sent home with a diagnosis of uh, POT syndrome at that point and small fiber neuropathy and a whole other few things, um, my parents basically forced me and they kind of picked me up one day. They, drove, they, they were with me and they put me in the car and they're like, we're taking you to church. And it was just a regular weekday. Um, I couldn't really stand on my own. So they had to kind of carry me in and they just literally laid me onto the altar. And this priest at the time, um, my parents had called ahead, said, this is what's going on. She's done. Uh, we don't know what she's going to die. Like they were planning my funeral. Um, and he came out and he, uh, and in the Greek, I don't know if you've seen a Greek Orthodox church, there's like icons everywhere. Everything is golden. Uh, it's like heaven on earth. Um, and he brings out this special, beautiful book um, that, that has like this cover that's like golden. And, and he puts his um, sash over me and he starts to pray. And then my parents are praying and everyone's sitting there praying. And I'm just saying like, you know, I just basically gave up at that point. I'm like, well, I have nothing left. And in that moment, I still remember my parents were crying. The priest was crying. Like he was tearing up and then I was crying and I, I saw like a glimmer, just a glimmer of light, like just a touch. And I was like, it filled, it filled me with that. And I was like, okay, okay, there's something, there's something here. And I held on to that. We went back home, um, you know, things at that point didn't get really any better, uh, but I had something, there was something and I, I, you know, my parents brought me a Bible. I started to kind of read through it. It didn't mean much. And um, I started to go weekly to church and speak with my now spiritual father. And I started to speak to him about God. And I asked him like bluntly everything. I'm like, why does God punish? You know, why does he do these things to good people? Why do we deserve this? This is not fair. This is not right. And he said, you know, this, I, this vision of the God, this vengeful punishing God that I had was all wrong. And he just, I remember him telling me, God is a father. He's our father. He, he loves his children. He doesn't want to see us hurt. He doesn't want to see us struggling. He loves us with all, with everything that he is. And he said that our God is a loving God. He's not a punishing God. He forgives he forgives. And I remember I confessed that day. I had never done confession before. And I went through and we were there for, I don't know, like two hours. There was a lot of stuff. And, um, and I felt lighter. So I was like, okay, I'll come again next week. 
you know, like it was just really slow progression. Um, and the funny thing was I started to pray around that time. And I said, God, you know, if you want me to heal, then please point me in the direction because I'm lost and these, no one's helping me. And then like really close around a couple of weeks after that, I ended up finding neuroplasticity, like a program called DNRS, um, which I had seen someone heal with who had POS and dysautonomia. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to give this a try and see what happens. And I did. And I, I started to do this program at the exact same time as I'm like coming into my faith and, you know, trying to renew my mind. And I started to get better. I started to have small improvements. Um, I could, you know, stand for longer. Um, I could breathe a little better. I had a little bit of energy. Um, I was on, I think, 12 prescription medications at that time, like daily, in addition to all the other supplements. And slowly I was able to come off them. And like, this is three years now into that. And when I look from the beginning to now, how far I've come, um, you know, I'm working now, I'm coaching, um, I'm taking care of my kids. We were moving. Um, I went, I traveled to Greece. I traveled to Cuba. Um, we did all these incredible new things. I'm able to eat whatever I want, just so many things. And I'm not going to say that I'm 100%, um, but I'm happy even to stay at this point, just to come from where I was like, this is like, it's, it's incredible compared to where I was. And I think people come into this journey, this healing journey, thinking that, that, you know, there's a beginning and there's an end and you can start, you can get better. And life is going to be like all rainbows and butterflies. And that's not true there. We had a, a really hard period of grief last year when we lost some people very close to us. And um, you know, we, I obviously experienced symptoms again, and then pandemic hit and life is, is constantly going to be up and down. But the difference between what's happening now is that I know that I'm never alone. I know that God promised us, he didn't promise us life was going to be easy or that we would have, we wouldn't have these trials, but he promised us that he'd be there. And for the first time, I, I have this trust and belief that things are going to work out. Um, according to his will. So, you know, I may be praying for something to happen and um, I prayed for my health and my healing and um, I expected it to come one way. It did not come that way at all. Um, it was very different than what I expected it to be. And um, that's because it, it has to unfold in his time according to his will. And the most beautiful thing that has come out of all of this um, is not only that I've found my faith is that um, my husband as well has come into his faith because he was an atheist prior to this um, with my kids as well we've all found this comfort um, in him and he one of my friends kind of pointed this out to me the other day and she goes Vanessa he's made your mess his message so it's like wow yeah this past you know 12 years of constant ups and downs and this mess because it really was a mess but he's made it his message so now I wouldn't be here talking to you or on Instagram talking about my faith and sharing my journey if I hadn't gone through his mess and um, I think he he uses us to to bring his message to others 
And as we heal, we can glorify him by sharing this message um, with others. So it's, it's definitely been a journey. Um, it's an absolute roller coaster ride, as I know you know. And nothing about it is easy, but he gives us this strength that I can't explain. And it's not human. It doesn't come from within me. It's definitely outside of me. And I, when I look back and I was looking for everyone else to heal me and turning to every doctor and all these um, specialists. And in, in the end, all I had to do was turn to him. And that's kind of when things started to shift for me is when I gave it all to him. So giving up that control, which for a control freak who has, you know, who was always constantly in control growing up, that was big for me. So, um, yeah, so kind of that's where we're at today. Um, now I'm, I'm thankful to have these improvements and be helping others um, through their journeys and just sharing his message with, uh, with the world. So, yeah, thank you for listening. <laughs> I love all of it. I um, thank you so much. Um, I'm going to ask a couple of questions before our recording is over. So I took some notes sure. while you were talking. Um, when you, so you said like you gave it all to him. Yep. Do you still tend to take it back sometimes? Do you feel like? Oh yeah. I'm. We're human, right? Like yeah. my hope everyone's hope is going to waver during those difficult times. But when I feel most difficult, uh, sorry, most disconnected from him is when I find I'm really busy and I'm not taking that time to connect. So when I find that I feel like I have to handle everything, that's because I'm, I'm way too much here in the material. I'm not taking that time to stop, to slow down, to open my Bible and to read and to connect with him. And that's kind of my, that's kind of my radar when I'm like, oh, when I'm feeling like this, okay, something, he's asking me to connect with him. That's what it is for me. Um, but yeah, of course it happens. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely experienced the same thing. And taking that time to connect directly with our, our father, um, gosh, I, I can't survive without it. I guess it's the best way of putting it personally. Um, especially living, just living with chronic disease because, um, I'm probably around the same space that you are, um, as being as stable as I've gotten. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm radically cured and healed and everything's perfect. It just means it's so much better than it's ever been. Yeah. Um, all right. So if someone is struggling to believe that God, God is good and whether they're struggling with chronic disease or something else that's just big and significant and scary, one, do you still believe that God is good even when things are hard? I have so many different views on this um, over the years that I've heard and that um, I like to learn from. And then second to that, um, what do you do when you don't feel like God is good? That's a tough one. Um, when I was in the thick of it, I don't think I would have been able to really see things the way that I see them now. Um, because when I was in that, you know, when you're in that struggle, you see everything. So it's perception's a big, big thing for me. Um, so when you're 
coming from everything from that victim mentality, right? Where we're alone, everything's happening to me, then yeah, everything's going to seem bad. But when you come from a place, what I like to do is I always like to take a first, second and, and third person approach to things. Um, so I think of when I'm in a stressful situation, you know, what am I feeling when I'm coming from this victim mentality? What's going on? What is the other person thinking? But then I like to take God's view. And then I say to myself, what is, what is he seeing when he's looking down on this situation? What's really going on? And um, I find somehow that really changes my perspective on things and helps me see it through his eyes, helps me love. Like, like I always say, I wish I could see myself through God's eyes. So I try, right? He loves us. He sees us as perfect as his, his you know, children. Um, so that's what I try to do in those situations when, when I'm finding that, like, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, all these things are happening. Okay, let's take a step back and let's see it from his perspective. It's like God's eye view, I call it, right? Instead of that, like, bird's eye view. Um, and I find it quite helpful. And like, if you were to ask me to look back on the hardest times of my life, I saw his hands in every, I see his hands in everything. Like in the people bringing food to my home when I was in the hospital, in the nurse who held my hand in the nights where I couldn't sleep, um, in the doctors who, you know, diagnosed me. Um, it's, he was there all along. I just didn't, didn't want to see it. I feel like it, or maybe I just wish someone had pointed it out to me, you know? So, um, so yeah, it's perspective for me is a huge, a huge, uh, help. I love that. I, um, I think the first time that I realized that God had a different perspective than I did was um, in 2016. I had gone to a women's ministry event and um, the speaker was like, oh, like there's something on your heart that you haven't been praying about that you need to hand over to God. And, um, and I was like, nope, I'm good. And then all of a sudden <laughs> I had this realization that I had not been handing my daughter with all of her special needs and um, the daily demands of parenting her over to him. And it was just this quick switch of, oh, she's his. And his perspective on this is I'm tending to his children. And he has this, this sovereignty, this, this constant, like in the middle of the night when we're not tending to our kids, he's tending to our kids. And so I think that's the first time for me that I, I witnessed God's view. And I was like, wow, it is not the same because for me, I'm, I'm scrambling. Like I'm scrambling to take care of me and I'm scrambling to take care of her. And um, what is he, what is he seeing and what is he doing that we just have no idea sometimes. Um, One last question. And so um, kind of the theme, the last couple of months has been being seen by God. We've been talking a lot about how he sees us, um, no matter what we're going through. And I think it's beautiful and it's wonderful. But what I really felt like the Lord was speaking to me when I, um, when I reached out to you, Vanessa, is um, you're really good at seeking God. You're really, really good at finding him. And so if you're not following Vanessa, it's the Grateful V on Instagram, um, and daily, I feel like you are seeking him instead of him always like parting through the 99. Where is my one? Where is my one? No, like Vanessa is here and she's doing it. So can you um, 
maybe shed some light on what that looks like and how we, how do we do that? How do we seek God when things are just really hard and maybe not pretty? Yeah. Um, it's funny because I, I didn't, the way you, you describe me, I'm like, I always think I'm not seeking him enough, but, um, thank you so much for that. I just honestly, I like to go back to basics and just take time for him. For me, time is the biggest thing is quieting my mind because when I'm constantly overthinking, um, I know that that's coming from a place of fear and I know God is love. So it's like those two emotions can't really coexist. So um, I take time. I read, you know, I do my prayers every morning and night. I do them with my family as well at night we all pray together and what I pray isn't always for for you know things or you know um situations or anything like that I pray for strength that's what's gotten me through the past 10 years and that's what my spiritual father has taught me and he's like you know we you can stop praying for this this and this to happen because God has his own plan for us but pray, pray for the strength to get through whatever comes and I think that's what I've received these, these past 10 years. You know, it's that strength um, to get through whatever comes my way because I have him on my side. So it's this trust and this belief. And I try to give whenever I'm, you know, in a situation or I'm struggling or something comes up, I make it a point to go to him first. So I try not to, you know, try and do it all myself right like that that thing that's all up to me I have to do it all and I'm like no it's not I go to him first and I ask him to guide me and that's that's kind of what I do and I find I do the same thing with everything even with my Instagram and with my page and page and with my coaching I ask him to guide me because in the end his will right it's his will thy will be done and that's try, kind of what I follow right I have no control it's up to him and if this is his will then so be it um, but I also, I want everyone to know that there's always hope that healing starts with that hope. So don't ever give up. Things can always get better. Um, I was in that place where I believe they never, ever, ever would. And that's a dark place. And just getting that glimmer, that glimmer of, of hope and belief in something bigger than yourself. It's not all up to you. It's not up to your doctor. It's not up to you know, your friend or whoever it is. Yes, those things are wonderful and the support systems are important, but you need to give it to him and he will guide you. I guess, I hope that answers your question. That does, because um, I feel like everything in life is easier when we give it to God. And that sounds so, I think as someone that also yearns for control sometimes, um, it sounds so small, but I think it's really so big because you are literally handing over the reins to something that you often cannot see. Exactly. Yeah. Mm, I'm so thankful for your voice and for what you're doing, Vanessa. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I, I've been looking forward to this so much. So I'm so glad it worked out and I'm honored to just be speaking with all of you and learning from you as well. Mm, thank you.